0: Welcome to the Westside Gathering podcast, and thanks for making the time to learn and grow with us. Here, you'll find teaching from our live Sunday gatherings. After the message, we'll say a little more about our church and how you can connect. But for now, let's jump right in.
1: We're not in an official series, but in a subtle series uh, with uh, kind of a a theme over the next uh, couple of weeks. Next week, we have... um, Uh, Aaron White, who's going to be sharing with us from 24-7 Canada. I'm super excited about that. Um, But today, we're going to jump into a a new thought. And um, now, I'm not going to lie. The end of 2021 and the beginning of 2022, for me, wasn't ideal. It wasn't fun uh, or encouraging, as I told you last week. And I was sick, and our family was sick, and we were isolated, like thousands of other Quebecers, and then feeling kind of like the fatigue after that. But I woke up, Monday morning, and I declared it my personal New Year's Day. It's true. Like Monday, January 10th became my personal New Year's Day. It was my new day, my new year, and it helped me restart 2022. If you know anything about golf, um, golf players love what's called a mulligan because you can like your your shot can go off, it can hit the water, get into the trees, and you kind of scream mulligan and you get a do over. You can kind of start over. So I declared the two prior weeks a mulligan for me. And I'm taking my shot over uh, into the new year. And as I think about that, this opportunity to kind of press reset, to start fresh, it reminds me of these words recorded of Jesus from, from the Apostle John in John 15, where he teaches his disciples about the kind of life that's available to them when they trust and follow him. In fact, as, as we walk through this text this morning briefly... Jesus hints, you're going to see that Jesus hints to the ability of a restart or a fresh start. The text is much bigger than that, but we see hints of a restart in here. And if you've got your Bibles, uh, follow along or follow on the screen uh, with me. John 15, verse 1. Let's read it together, all right? Jesus says these words, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes to make it bear more fruit. You have already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. And as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. And if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. And I've said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. I mean, a couple of years ago, we did six weeks on John 15. And I'd encourage you to go back and check out the podcasts to really slowly unpack this text. But today I want to kind of walk through it briefly. And there's this image there that maybe is familiar to, to some of you, many of you, maybe to some who are guests with us today. It's fresh. It's this image of a vine and branches and a vine grower or the way Jesus describes this. He is the vine. We're the branches. Our Heavenly Father is the gardener. And putting all that together, the heart is of this is that disciples of Jesus would bear fruit. This, this fruit-bearing life, this life that, that, that offers something to the world around it, but that bears fruit also for God's kingdom. And this becomes possible when someone is connected to Jesus like a branch is connected to a vine. This word um, came up this word connected or reconnected came up in uh, with our ministry team leaders at the end of 2021 and our leadership team as we took some time to think and pray and reflect this word reconnecting came up and it was we were noticing and felt like many of you that the pandemic has had Uh, you know, kind of of played us in so many different ways. When I say played us, uh, meaning that it's hurt us, it's hit us, it's damaged us. And either the pandemic has caused some damage or maybe it's exposed some damage or deterioration to your connection to Jesus and to your connection to the body of Christ. And so this word reconnecting became kind of a highlight in our prayers and discernment. And it's something we want to focus on this year. In verse 8, Jesus has this hope for his disciples, that they would be faithful and fruitful. And he says that, you know, that God will be glorified as they bear much fruit and become my disciples. This life that is faithful as a disciple of Jesus and is fruitful as a disciple of Jesus. But of course, you know, when you think about, well, how do I grow and how do I bear fruit and how do I stay faithful? Jesus uses this word abide, or if you've got another version, maybe it's the word remain. And he says in verse four, abide in me as I abide in you. That's the heart of these words of Jesus to his disciples. This is the heart of his invitation to his disciples, this invitation to source their lives in him. This reciprocal relationship where, where his disciples, or you and I, if we're following Christ, depend, dwell on, are rooted in, trust in Jesus fully. And reciprocally, he dwells in us, works in us, is present in us. Jesus tells his disciples that their connection to the source had already started or already happened. So in verse 3, he says, hey, to the disciples, well, hey, that's my words. But he says, you've been cleansed by the word that's already been spoken to you. Cleansed, cleaned, starting fresh. There's this, been this word of invitation that the disciples has heur- have heard in the ministry and message and presence of Jesus with him, this invitation to trust him and believe in him and to, to, to walk in his kingdom and to depend on him. And, and their response to his word, their response to his invitation gave them a fresh start for a new life and for new growth that is only possible in God's kingdom. The Apostle Paul has a similar kind of phrase where he says it all over his letters. He, he welcomes um, followers of Christ or maybe reminds them that they're in Christ. Come to Christ. Come to be in Christ. That's that word of connection. And Jesus now calls them to this initially, but he also helps them understand that it's not just a fresh start, but it's a continual journey of growth and fruit-bearing and relationship In verse 7, he then says, Abide in me as my words abide in you. So verse 4, Abide in me as I abide in you. And then he's a step further in what that could look like. Abide in me as my words abide in you. In other words, there's something that we need for a continual connection and growth in Christ. And the way we grow more connected to him or more dependent on him is his words, his words, message the proclamation of the kingdom making its way into our hearts into our thoughts into our lives that's why so many times we encourage each other to be immersed uh, in the scriptures that's why often people at the beginning of the year say oh can i how many you know i'd love to read the bible more this year there's often a the sense that if we get more connected to the words of god that we can grow now Paul loves this phrase that he tells the Colossian church. He says, "May the message of Jesus dwell in you richly." He, he's not just referring to all the scriptures, but the lens in which we read all the scriptures, which is the message of Jesus, the person and message of Jesus dwelling in us richly. So I'm I'm a total fan of reading our Bible and. Whether you read the Bible throughout the year, by the way, there's no commandment that you have to read the whole Bible in one year and kind of finish it by December 31st. Um, So whether you read the Bible in a year, which is a great uh, goal, or you slowly immerse yourself in Scripture on a regular basis, the Scriptures become a primary way that we abide in Christ, that the words of Jesus then abide in us. So He dwells in us so the Holy Spirit can form and convict and guide us. I was reading a book uh, last week, and one practice that this writer was talking about just jumped out at me, almost like a prompting from the Holy Spirit that I must do this. And uh, it was a simple prompting. I could have skipped it. I could have just skimmed over it and missed it. But he was actually inviting people that don't know Jesus um, And maybe those that might be either curious or skeptical even to say, hey, why don't you read through the Gospels? And and he talked about praying through the Gospels, literally praying through them. And I thought, I just felt this invitation from God that for the next six months, I would pray through the Gospel texts. I don't know if that's going to mean once through, praying slowly or a few times over. But for the next... Um, four to six months, that part of my spiritual disciplines is to pray through the Gospels so I can get a greater revelation of Jesus. So I'm all about reading the Bible, but I want to tell you something. Reading the Bible isn't the end all of abiding in Jesus. It's not the silver bullet of abiding in Christ. In fact, there's three things I'm going to put on the screen. We're going to I'm just going to say them and not unpack them, but it's this that a whole life immersed in Christ, when Christ invites us to abide in him and him abiding in us, I think looks like this that a whole life immersed in Jesus is communion with Jesus, that's relational. It's community with his church, the disciples of Christ, the body of Christ, and then it's communing with his words. So it includes his words, but it's not only his words. So communion with Jesus, community with his body or his church, and communing with his words. This is part of how we, we, when we when, if you want a desire to grow and abide in Christ, to look at it holistically. Don't just pick up the Bible, but sit with Jesus. Be present with Jesus. Be present with his church and be present with his words. Now, Jesus is really helpful here because he recognizes something that happens to you and me. We get stuck. We get stuck in our desire to abide. We get stuck in our practices to abide. We get stuck in what it means to abide in Christ and Christ abiding in us. And here's the reason why. And I bet you you've experienced this as much as I have. Or maybe I've experienced it more. I don't know. Maybe I'm the one. But life has a way of getting us tangled in false beliefs and busyness and detoured ambitions. And those tangled things, those tangled things end up choking our connection with Jesus and choking our connection with the body of Christ. And that's become even more apparent during this pandemic, whether the pandemic has caused some of those things or the pandemic has exposed some of those things, that life has a way of getting us tangled into these things. And this is why this word that Jesus uses is so important in these few verses, he uses the word pruning. And the word can actually mean clean or pure. That's why Jesus says, you've been cleansed by the word I've spoken to you. See, the whole image here is so important because a vine without pruning ends up having tangled branches. I know this. Like every spring, summer, and fall, there's not uh, uh, like a two week period that goes by that I don't untangle or cut or prune or fix something in my garden. And I'm composting all throughout the summer, but especially in the fall, because things get tangled and you got to untangle them or cut them or prune them down. And a vine without pruning ends up with tangled branches. And here's what happens to that vine or that branch or that bush or whatever it is it stops the spread the direct spread of energy from the source to the right branches, to the right fruit, to the right parts of the plant. And it also stops the exposure of light. So it stops the energy from getting to the right place, and it stops the exposure of light to the plant. Now, my wife and I know this too well with a certain plant in our home, and it's this lemon tree, this lemon tree that my wife has inherited from her dad and she absolutely loves it and she meticulously cares for it because it was her dad's. Her dad loved growing things and he had a knack for it and I mean he had an olive tree and a lemon tree and a fig tree, things that are almost impossible to grow in our climate. Somehow he figured it out and got them inside in the winter. Now so over the years my wife has just cared for this and she has pruned it she had pruned it down, sometimes wondering, like, oh, my gosh, I think I killed the plant. But she, she read up on it and figured out how to do it, and she pruned it. At times, she sprayed it. At times, we've had to replant it into a bigger pot. And then she gives me the awesome responsibility of lugging this now quite big tree from outside to inside. And now it takes up real estate in our house over the winter. But we noticed something as we were, you know, kind of heading into the winter that, that, that the tree wasn't getting the kind of light it needed Even though it got pruned and everything, so we moved it to another room for now, and we leave the window, the blinds fully open, so this tree can get fully exposed to light. And guess what's happening? Even in the winter, through the pruning over the summer, through the care, through the exposure to light, there's lemons growing. There's like eight or nine lemons growing in my house over the winter. And that happens. That's the beauty of what happens when you prune a tree and when you give it exposure to light. The tree ends up becoming what it's meant to be. The tree ends up bearing the kind of fruit that it was designed for and created for. And now we're going to have some homegrown lemons at our house. And that's pretty awesome. So we can probably spare one. First one that asks, we'll keep it for you when it turns yellow, okay? Okay. But here, this is why Jesus emphasizes pruning in our lives. Because it clears the way for his energy. I don't mean some, you know, some, some uh, you know, neutral energy. I mean his energy, his presence, his source, his love, his power, and his light to bring new growth and fruit through our lives. And God uses pruning for, this kind, for the fresh starts, people who just begin to follow Christ, and for restarts. I don't mean uh, restarts like you stop and start, but these moments when we know that things get tangled and we need to be pruned in some ways. So the fresh start is, is there, right? What Jesus tells the disciples in verse 3, we already said this. He says, you are already made clean by the word spoken to you. It's, it's almost as if when they heard the message of God's kingdom, when they heard the invitation of Jesus and responded to that invitation to follow Jesus, it involved this process of pruning, this, this repentance that comes. That when, when someone gets exposed to the message of Christ, when someone invites Christ into their lives or begins to follow Christ, God's spirit begins to work in them and they start to see the tangled mess that they're in. See, every human on the planet, doesn't matter who you are, where you're from, where you've been born, what society you've lived in, every human we lock eyes with on the planet ends up with some damaged goals and some ambitions that are tied to the broken image of God in us. God created humanity in his image for his purposes so humanity can be image bearers of God in this beautiful cosmic temple we call the world and the universe. And yet, that image has been broken or cracked in us. We call that sin or rebellion. Every human on the planet has damaged goals, damaged ambitions tied to this broken image of God. And when we come to Christ, when someone comes to Christ for the first time, the Holy Spirit begins to work in that person and starts to clear away those things. And that person slowly, through the work of the Spirit, is enabled to let go of an old nature, an old identity, cultural holds, influences, habits. They start to become aware of the patterns and damaged goals in their lives that don't lead to life but lead to death. So coming to Christ actually exposes an individual to God's pruning knife, to God's pruning process, where he prunes away the tangled web that our broken humanity creates, and God gives us a fresh start for life in his kingdom. If you're following Jesus today, this has already happened to you. And if you're watching today and and you're, you're longing to know God, you're longing to know what it means to follow Jesus or be a Christian, this is possible for you when you respond to the message of God's kingdom. But there's something else that's, that's embedded here in these words. It's a restart. It's not, salva- it's not like Salvation 101 at the beginning. It's a restart because here, here's the reality. As a follower of Jesus, I'm still a human being in a restoration project. I'm still a human being that's being restored by Christ in his spirit. And God's work in us continues like, like a branch that never stops growing. But here's the truth. I live, you live in a broken world. We're we're surrounded by, by damaged desires and damaged cultural values. And we live in this broken world and so our ambitions and our habits are not immune from getting tangled up as we walk even a walk of faith. And so even a Christ follower who's had a fresh start in Jesus often needs a restart, not to go back and be saved all over again, but to be pruned back to expose us more fully to God's light in our lives. And so I just want you to think about this for a moment. Just reflect on this. Is there any goals in your life that are more shaped by our culture than by Christ's kingdom? Just think about that. Are there any ambitions in your life that are more consumeristic than Christ- Christocentric? Are there more ambitions in your life that, or ambitions that are more consumeristic than Christ-centered? Are there desires in your life that have not been surrendered or reoriented or reprioritized by God's very nature? Are there be- behaviors and patterns that you know that have just slowly created a tangled web? Maybe there's relationships that you're in that still function in the works of the flesh and not with the fruit of the Spirit. And you just stop for a moment and you just think and you just kind of canvas your life and begin to recognize these goals or ambitions or desires or behaviors or patterns or relationships and recognize, oh man, I think I need some pruning. I think I need some pruning. I think I need a restart. I think I need fresh exposure to God's light. See, because the fruit-bearing fruit capacity that you have and that I have is stunted when the tangled mess of the wrong kind of growth starts to shape up in our lives. And so pruning gives you a restart, even if you're already connected to the vine. Because either circumstances or maybe your own choices have created a tangled mess. And so as we begin to wrap up today, I want to just ask you this question. How are you going to respond to the tangled mess in your life? Or how are you going to respond to the lack of fruit in your life? We all, we all know it's there. I, I know it's there in my life. I know because periodically whether it's weekly, monthly, and especially at the start of a year I just stop and reflect and think and it doesn't take me long to journal several goals or ambitions or desires that have gone off or been tangled and I and I just say Lord, man, I need more exposure to your light to untangle this, to prune this back so there can be kind of the kind of fruit and life that you long for that's possible with Jesus as the source of my life. So how are you going to respond? to the tangled mess or to the lack of fruit in your life. Well, well sometimes we're, we're just like, tempted to escape. We're tempted to escape through experiences. We're like, oh man, this tangled mess sucks. I'm going to just escape through this experience or... Man, this lack of fruit is horrible. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna just escape through technology or social media. That's gonna keep me, you know, occupied. Or I'm gonna escape through busyness. I'm gonna get busier and busier and make sure that that like I have no time to stop or reflect. I have no time for boredom and actually stop and think about what's really going on inside of me. So I'm gonna escape through experiences, technology, social media, entertainment, busyness, whatever it is. And what we end up doing is we just escape the fact that. We're not bearing fruit, and we escape the fact that we could be bearing fruit, which would bring us joy. So we can escape, but we can also, when you answer that question, many of us like to mitigate the symptoms. We see this, the symptom of this tangled web. We see the symptom of this, this distorted ambition, and all we do is focus on the outer chaos. And like it's, it's, not a, it's actually a good thing to say, I'm going to take this out of my life, or I'm going to stop this. But you know what's more significant than the outer chaos of your life? It's the inner chaos of my life. That's even more significant. That's where God wants to get to. It's easier to mitigate the symptoms than to allow God to get to the source. And so whether you, you, we might want to escape, we might want to mitigate, but here's my encouragement to you and I today, especially at the start of a new year, that we would... Do whatever we can to get to the source. This morning we slowly sang through that song, Hungry, I'm Hungry for You. That's an invitation to get to the source, who is Jesus, Christ, the Lord. And the path to a fruitful living, to faithful and fruitful living, is both active and passive. Some people will want to say, well, you know, because Jesus did this on the cross and because the Holy Spirit fills us, there's nothing we got to do. And so it's only kind of letting Jesus do stuff to us. But that's not true because Jesus' words to us, it's a verb. Abide in me. Remain in me. So the active part of this is the abiding part. Actively immersing ourselves in Jesus through communion with him, through community with his church, through communing with his words and through other spiritual disciplines. I love what Dallas Willard says about this. He talks about the idea that, yes, you know, we're called to do, we, we can do nothing without him. That's so true. But then Willard wisely says, but if we do nothing, it will certainly be without him. If we do nothing, it'll certainly be without him. And the invitation to abide is an active verb. To abide in Jesus. Communing with him. Sitting with him. Community with his church, like we're doing right now. Communing with his words. So it would take like a whole other message to walk through some of the ways we can do that. But I I bet that if you just slow down enough today and just sit down quietly, the Lord will... Remind you, or maybe bring to your attention a way that you can abide in Him this season to sit with Jesus and communion with Him, to be more intentional about connection to His body, to commune with His words. So the abiding part is the active part, but here's the reality the path to faithful and fruitful living is also passive in a sense where we must allow the pruning of the gardener, God to prune our lives, the pruning that comes from Jesus and Christ and the Holy Spirit. It's passive, but it's welcomed. It's something he does, but it's something that we make sure we have—we make room for in our lives for him to do. And that's my invitation to you today, to abide in Christ actively, to let him prune you passively, but to welcome him. And here's the thing that this pandemic is reminding us about more than ever, because my hope is that we're going to turn a corner very soon. And I know we've said that a few times, but I do have this hope about this. I really do. And I don't, but I really don't know what the next year is going to hold. And while I'm certain that God didn't send this virus to hurt us, he can certainly use it and work in us in the middle of it. He can actually use it to prune us. To prune back the tangled web in our lives, to expose us to light, and drive us to abiding Jesus. What if ten years from now, we tell the next generation or our kids when, or twenty years from now, when we're talking about this pandemic we went through, and they say, "What happened to you guys through the pandemic?" And we say, "You know what, man? It, it wasn't fun. Uh, we had to isolate often. There were so many restrictions. It was tough for s- several parts of our society." But you know what happened during that pandemic? God pruned back the tangled web of my, in my life, and he, as he pruned it, he made room to expose me to his light, and I had a fresh, a fresh commitment to abide in Jesus, and my life has never been the same. This pandemic will change us for our whole, for our whole lives. But what if in the middle of it, we can look back and say, God used this pandemic to prune us and to drive us to abide in Christ. And that is why we're never the same for the rest of our lives. That what we live and how we live and the kind of fruit we bear is a result of the kind of pruning we've allowed and made room for and the kind of abiding that now we're committed to coming out of this pandemic. See, good gardeners don't waste anything. They don't waste anything. They use everything in the garden for the growth of the plants. So how might God use whatever circumstance you're in for your growth to prune the tangled mess that's present in your life or my life? Because it's there. Trust me, i got some tangled messes that God needs to prune back. And then so I can dig my roots deeper into him. And here's here's the end. Here's the beautiful part of this. Jesus says, when we abide in him and he abides in us, and we allow God to prune us back so we can be sourced in him, we discover Christ's joy in us and our joy made complete. Let's pray. God, we want to truly hear this invitation today through the words of your son Jesus. God, we want to hear this invitation for some a fresh start, in hearing the proclamation of your kingdom, the proclamation of your gospel for some a fresh start right now that are just leaning in and are beginning to trust you. And God, as they as they, as maybe someone right now is listening in for a fresh start and beginning to trust you right now in this moment, God, may they begin to. To recognize the work of your spirit that is starting in them or will start in them as a result of this decision, this welcome. Pruning back some of the tangled mess in their own life and then allowing you to lead. Lord, for, for some or many of us that need a restart right now, Lord, we welcome your pruning knife in our lives. We just stand bare and say, Lord, examine our hearts and test our thoughts. Prune us. Prune the tangled messes. Prune the distorted goals. Prune the detoured ambitions. In Jesus' name, we welcome a greater fresh exposure to your light. And God, may this season May this season be a season where we dig our roots deep into Christ and abide in Christ and his words abiding in us. Lord, may the spiritual practices we are engaging with or plan to engage in, Lord, may they help us make room for the work of your spirit so we can sit with Christ and make room for his voice and make room for the conviction of your spirit and the empowering of your spirit. We trust you for that, Lord. And we thank you for the amazing promise of joy that we find in you. In Jesus' name
0: we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. We hope this message helps guide you on your spiritual journey of discovering the life and message of Jesus. We update this podcast weekly, so why not hit subscribe and journey with us? Who are we? Westside Gathering is a local church in the West Island of Montreal. We're a simple community of faith where we want you to feel welcome, even if you're not into church or religion. We meet every Sunday, but you can also find smaller groups, environments, and resources for all ages between Sundays. Find out more at westsidegathering.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Vimeo. We'd love to hear from you. Ask a question. Ask for help or let us know how we can pray for you. If you'd like to contribute financially, just go to westsidegathering.com forward slash giving. Until next time, peace.